Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Bulls on Tap. I am your boy Buzz, and I'm joined by my dude Goose, aka Bull Scripted, and we are here after a 110-107 loss to the Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn. A little house cleaning before we get into it. Be sure to go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at Bulls on Tap. Follow my dude Goose at Bulls Scripted and following me at Buzz on Tap. Goose, um, close but no cigar. I guess that's the motto for today's game. I, what a weird game. What a weird game. What a shitty game. What a Jim Boylan coached loss. Uh, let's get your thoughts on this one. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it was a t- typical Chicago basketball game tonight. We were down by a lot. We came back in the last minute of a game, made it interesting, made it look a lot closer than it really was, despite forcing 28 turnovers and getting up an extra 28 shots. Um, you know, we got out-rebounded, but you force that many turnovers, that's a game that you should win. And... I don't know. There was a lot of sloppy play. Otto Porter Jr. or Otto Porker Jr. as I was calling him earlier. Uh, at least on the defensive oh end, he God. looks he looks he looks really slow <laughs> right now. Um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You, you got, you got I, I got you with that one. Yeah, I don't know why it just did something to me. I apologize. It's all right. <laughs> that, that was the intended effect, but you know, he just. Offense, he's he's all right, except for these off-balance mid-range shots that just leave me going, the fuck are you doing? You're not Carmelo Anthony. Um, But, no, he just looks really slow on defense. There was a couple times when he was handling the ball today where he literally just, like, kicked it out of bounds, and it's like, dude, come on, get your shit together. You make $27 million a year to do this shit. Like, come on. Um, But he ultimately had the best game on the team tonight, and that kind of says where the Bulls are right now. Yeah, that's that's totally fair. A thing that you pointed out there was um, the fact that the Bulls had forced 29 total turnovers from the Nets. That is an astronomical amount of turnovers. <laughs> you know, um, the Bulls actually made more field goals, attempted more field goals by uh, almost 30, by 28, actually. You know, the Bulls made 39 field goals. They attempted 92. The Nets made... 32 field goals attempted 64. The Bulls made 12 three-pointers. The Nets made 11. Um, the Nets also made 35 free throws out of 41 attempted to the Bulls, 17 out of 25. Um, God, yeah, I always, I always say it, you know, free throws win games. But, I mean, ah, man, the, the free throw discrepancy there was a little bit ridiculous. Um, other than that, man, I, I, I can't... I mean, points in the paint the Bulls led, you know, 46 to uh, 42. I know it's not uh, a lot, but, I mean, it's more than, you know, more than they had. Uh, it, it, just what a what a shitty game, man. Um, I just – Lowry started off good. Um, what drives me absolutely crazy is I understand he's on this minutes restriction or whatever, but what was working – He's not on a shot restriction? Uh, dude, I mean – he made two threes in the first quarter. I believe he made one three in the second. He had nine points going into halftime. Um, guy attempts eight shots. He hits five of them. Four of them are from downtown. Jim had him moving without the ball and uh, trying to create 
in the first quarter and then got completely away from it, and we've seen this time and time again uh, this year with Lowry Market, and it's just something that really irritates me, and I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on it. Should Jim have kept trying to go to him and getting him in more of the swing of things, or is this just as much on Lowry as it is Jim? I mean, I think a lot of times you could say it's on Lowry as well, but that's when he's having a bad game where you don't see him being aggressive. He was five for eight. He was shooting better than anybody on the team. Um, he did have four assists, so he was involved. The only person who had more assists was Kobe White, who had eight assists and zero turnovers. We'll get into that as well. But if Lowry's such a weird thing for me because the potential's clearly there. He's a little too soft. That's something that could change with a few more pounds of muscle and some more maturity. But Jim's got to go. Like, Jim is killing this kid. He can go to Finland and visit him in the offseason all he wants, but I think that's probably just going to make Lowry hate him more. I, it's, it's sad because, like you said, he started off hot. Like, he was putting the ball in the bucket, killing it from the corners, and you can't sign plays to get him the ball and it's not like Kobe White's being selfish out there. It, it, another thing that drives me completely crazy here here's a perfect fact. I actually took jotted this note down on my phone in the notes section here was Lowry Markkinen on three separate occasions had three different mismatches in the beginning of the third quarter. One was Wilson Chandler was guarding him, another one Mr. Karis Levert was guarding him, another one Spencer Dinwiddie was guarding him. Instead of trying to force the issue with patience from Shaq Harrison, who was controlling the ball at the time, or Tomas Sadorowski, who looked like complete and utter shit, um, <laughs> to put it mildly. No mas, no mas, no mas, no mas. <laughs> but, you know, they, they don't even look at him. They don't even look at him. And it just doesn't, it, it seems like Jim would rather live and die with these guys either getting really close to the rim or shooting a three instead of trying to, ex, you know, trying to exploit a clear mismatch each and every single time. And it, it doesn't make sense to me. Another instance that I bring that up with was at the end of the second quarter going into halftime where Kobe White had the ball with like 48 seconds left on the shot clock and Jim is just fucking screaming and you hear him on the TV screaming and Kobe is frustrated and takes a bad shot, which is a missed three point, a missed three pointer. So he didn't even get to engage any, Anybody in offense, he just ran up and shot the ball because you have Jim in the corner screaming at him. Those are the situations where Kobe's not going to learn anything. It's just going to hurt him. But getting back to Markinen, those are the situations where you need to point out to those players on your next timeout or your next ball stoppage, whatever. Or, I mean, he likes to scream so much from the fucking sideline like a Tibbs wannabe. Maybe fucking tell him, tell the player who had the ball was initiating the offense, like, hey, Use your eyes. You got a seven-footer here with a clear mismatch. Lowry could put the ball on the floor. Lowry can back it, uh, back down a smaller defender, and maybe it'll open up a better opportunity for a three-point shot or someone cutting in. Lowry's a pretty decent passer. You pointed that out tonight. So why aren't, why aren't we doing that? And that all goes back to Jim, and that's what I'll blame Jim on too. And I know people have been getting a little irritated. Well, not a lot of people. Most people agree with us, which thank you, everybody who listens to this, for agreeing with us a lot of the time because I really don't have the energy to fucking fight everybody off about this. But Jim Boylan does more harm than he does good. And if you're here to develop a young team and try to help the culture and help them be the best player that they could possibly be, why aren't you pointing out things like that? 
I, I guess that that's my rant. Well, especially when it comes to the player that I don't want to say most that might be a little hyperbolic, but um, a good amount of people had Lowry marketing with more potential than even Zach Levine on this team. Oh, 100%. Uh, ESPN going into the season had Lowry 14th in the top 25 under 25. Zach Levine was nowhere to be found on the list. So to see that God, kind of that a kick in the ass. To to see that kind of you know drop in production and Lowry has been injured, but he just he doesn't feel the same. And we've seen flashes of it. Like it's still there. It's not like it's gone. Mm-hmm. But. But Jim's ultimately monstered Lowry. He's just sapped the love of basketball out of him. He's, oh, well, I just got to shoot these fucking threes all day. Um, and then, yeah, I'm getting torn apart on defense, and then he's yelling at me, and then I'm not getting shit done for me on offense, and I, I'm just hating basketball right now. Yeah, it, it's, just, uh, it, it's just that what I wanted to point out, man, is because if going kind of back to what you're saying, like Lowry being not, you, I mean, you use the word soft, but I don't think you meant he was soft. You meant like he's kind of soft Dora right now, coming back from injury. Probably not as vocal as he should be, but I mean, when those situations arise, if I'm noticing it or you're noticing it or other people that are watching the game are noticing it, there's no fucking way like a guy like John Paxson who played the game of basketball or Doug Collins, even though there's the reports that Boylan doesn't like him, fuck off with all that shit. Or a, a huge scout like Gar Foreman doesn't notice this. I mean, is, is Jim missing this, or does he not care? That is where I'm at, dude. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't no. get how you could let your seventh overall pick from only three years ago completely falter off when, just like you said, he was a top player in the top 25 and under list. I mean, if they re- you know, release that list next year, he's going to be nowhere fucking near it. You know, no, I, it, which is... Disappointing because the potential is definitely there, uh, and you have fans turning on Lowry now. Which you know, for a period there, Lowry got the benefit of the doubt for just about everything. So there's definitely some criticism that's warranted um, on Lowry himself. But at the same time, it's it's still there. It's not gone. Um, so uh, my, I guess my advice there would be just careful what you say because it's. I don't want to see the Bulls trade Lowry and then him turn into what he could be somewhere else. That that would be the worst possible fucking thing. Yeah, and God, dude, I just kind of have that feeling in my stomach. But oh, who knows, you know, with all the reports going on this year, you know, recently that there's going to be major change. Hopefully that they see the, uh, you know, they see the potential in the kid that, that we have in the first three years that he's been here uh, with us. Um, let's get into Kobe White because this needs to be talked about. Um I don't think even Zach Levine within Bulls Twitter has seen more love-hate than Kobe White has. I don't know if you can agree with that. I usually fall down that damn rabbit hole of scrolling, and I just see the craziest shit. But, you know, people say, oh, he's not a he's not a point guard. He's a two and, and this and that and, you know, and the other. And you look at what he's been doing recently during this tear that he's been on. Did he shoot great tonight? No. No, he didn't. He was eight for twenty-one, but he's put in these fucking situations. He had to put. He had to try to put the ball in the hoop. But even though he was put in that situation, look what he created for his team. You touched on it earlier. Six boards, eight assists, no turnovers. That's a pretty good point guard stat line. I think. You know, I I like that. I like that a lot. 
Ooh. What did our starting point guard do? Oh, oh, oh you want me, you're going to make me read that off. That's great. Uh, Nomas Tomas went 1 for 7, 0 for 1 from downtown. He hit two free throws out of two attempts. He had three rebounds, one assist, two turnovers. Or four points. That's mm-hmm. that's what our starting point guard did. So but that, but that, that that's the guy that everybody is fighting, leaving in the starting lineup so Kobe could be our bench scorer because he's just gaining so much coming off the bench. He's still playing thirty four to thirty five minutes a game. What does it matter? Well, maybe he gets to start in a flow, and we really get to see him be a point guard instead of just a glorified scorer that y'all bitch about. Maybe maybe that's it, and maybe Jim is finally turning the corner on this because he either sees that Tomas sucks or maybe somebody in his analytical department said, hey, dumbass, you know, <laughs> why not start the seventh pick from the draft? I, I don't know. No, yeah, I mean, and I was in the camp that wasn't that high on drafting Kobe because I felt he was more combo guard than point guard, but he is proving me wrong. Um the consistency, he's one of the few people that have recognized mismatches and taken advantage of them the right way. Um, you know, there's a little bit of over-dribbling going on in his game, but at the same time, he is always look. he always has his head up. He's looking to make the pass, where Zach himself is kind of guilty of getting tunnel vision. Um, so Kobe's tunnel vision has the use of peripheral vision, and I think... You, you got to give him the keys. We're playing meaningless games. You give these games meaning by giving him more opportunity. And, you know, you could get, uh, you know, Wendell a green light for the three-pointers because watching him stand at the top of the key for three um, and nobody in the vicinity is kind of just like, really? Like, he can shoot. Like, it's not great, but we're, we're not really trying to win. We're trying to de- develop right now. Let him shoot the fucking ball. Let Kobe pass the let, let him be a point guard. Like nobody cares about Tomas Sadaransky right now. No one. Uh he should probably be traded in the offseason if anybody will take him. Yeah, I I completely, you know, echo and agree with everything that you said. Um, you know, I underst I didn't care about like the combo guard thing. If you go back to the earlier Bulls on taps, you're absolutely right in everything that you said. You kind of looked at him more like a combo guard. When I was talking about Kobe White, I didn't want him to start at the time earlier in the season because that's when I still thought we kind of had a competitive window and I didn't want to hurt the bench by not having anybody with scoring capability come off of it because Jim is incapable of staggering minutes. So it kind of worried me. But as the season went on and we sucked and sucked even more, I, you know, I mean, for what we've been claiming, we've been talking about this for over a month and a half, right? You know, two months, like we wanted him or a month, probably a month is fair that, that we wanted him in the starting lineup. Um, you know, there, there's no, there's no point anymore to keep him out of it. And uh, hopefully, hopefully we get that because this, this is a perfect lead into the end of the game and then into the next game. But the Bulls made it interesting. Like we did say at the end there, Otto hit a crazy three off a great find by uh, Kobe White. He skipped it across court. Auto hits a three to bring the Bulls down, and then Auto banks in another three. Um, Shaq Harrison ends up getting a foul towards the end of the game, and that was on Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie hit the free throws and put the Bulls away. Uh, anything that you have to give towards the end of this game, any takes you have, or, hey, you know, 
like you said in the beginning, they uh, they made it look a lot more interesting than it was. I mean, I wish the Bulls played how they play in the last two minutes of a game, like the whole game. That'd be fantastic. Right. Because um, a lot of the time at this point in the season, we just don't have the urgency until it's the end of the game. And then it's like, why are we even doing this? Like, we're going to make it just close enough to where this game takes an extra 10 minutes because we're playing the foul game and stopping the clock every chance that we get. When we could have just played better to begin with and not been in this position. So, I don't know. Hopefully we see some growth. Hopefully Zach comes back. Otto Porker Jr. starts, you know, getting his legs underneath him. And... We can see an actual basketball team for the last 15 games at least. That would be love. So leading into this next game, it's against the Cavaliers. It is at home. It's at 7 o'clock on uh, Tuesday, I believe it is, which is the 10th. Um, Bulls have a 73.4% chance to win this game, according to ESPN's matchup predictor. This we have an opportunity here to see Zach Levine come back, finally see all the starters back together, because I don't know what's taken Jim so long to insert Otto back, and I think that Otto's going to force the issue and get back in the starting lineup, hopefully here on Tuesday. But we have a chance to see, within the next couple games here, Kobe White, Zach Levine, Otto Porter Jr., Lowry Markinen, and Wendell Carter Jr. all out on the floor together. Hopefully it's sooner rather than later. Hopefully it's Tuesday against the 18 and 45 Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, I don't know if it will be or not, but it would be great to see all those guys out on the court. Of course, you know, now that I say this, they're all going to be out on the court. They're all going to go on a run. They're going to win like the last 13 out of, you know, 15 games or whatever is left. And then Jim's going to be here and Gar and Pax will be like, see, I told you. Um, anyway, I'm just We're not going to talk like that on a holy Sunday. Okay. We are not going to go there. Um, and Zach Levine, feel free to sit out against the Cavaliers. I wouldn't mind taking another L there. Just, just flop that game. Um, you know, try to beat the good teams. I I don't want sympathy wins over the Cavaliers ruining draft position. We can, we can tank that one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm with you on it, but I, I am excited to see everybody get out on the court. Like that's the only thing that is, is really keeping me, uh, I guess, as interested as I am, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, you got anything else to add, man, to this one? No, hang in there, Bulls fans. Uh, hate to sound like a Cubs fan, but there's always next year. God, God, as you say that, Yerman Mercedes just hit a home run for the Sox in spring training. But uh, anyway, be sure, everybody, you're going on tapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports. Do you get championship rings for that? They might, yes. <laughs> All your podcasting needs. Fuck you, man. Um, following us on Twitter. Ah, oh, you suck. That, see, you make me laugh when I'm doing my fucking my shtick here. Um, be sure you're following us on Twitter at Bulls on Tap. Follow my dude Goose at Bulls Scripted. Follow me at Buzz on Tap. We'll be back Tuesday night after the Chicago Bulls play the Cleveland Cavaliers at the United Center. Hang in there, Bulls fans, like Goose said, and uh, let's go Bulls.